Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, December 4th. In today's news, Donald Trump wants Republican Senator Orrin Hatch to run for re-election, and Mitt Romney is mad. House and Senate Republicans are trying to reconcile the differences between their tax plans. And a new book by Trump's former campaign manager details what it's like to work for Trump. It ain't always pretty. But first, the big idea. Botched damage control efforts keep making the Russia scandal worse for the White House. President Trump's aides spent the weekend applying tourniquets to stop the bleeding from more self-inflicted wounds. Yet again, the White House took a bad story and made it worse. On Saturday, Trump tweeted this about his former national security advisor the day after he pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI. Quote, I had to fire General Flynn because he lied to the vice president and the FBI. Legal experts quickly said that this tweet could be used as evidence that the president was trying to obstruct justice when he allegedly asked James Comey to take it easy on Flynn and then, when Comey refused, fired him as FBI director. On Sunday, Trump's personal lawyer claimed responsibility for writing that tweet, which he called sloppy. John Dowd clarified that the president knew in late January that Flynn had probably given FBI agents the same inaccurate account he provided to Vice President Pence about a call with Russian ambassador Sergei Kislyak. Dowd said the information was passed to Trump by White House counsel Don McGahn, who had been warned about Flynn's statements to the vice president by a senior Justice Department official. One person close to the White House who was involved in the case told my colleagues that the Saturday tweet was, quote, a screw-up of historic proportions that has caused enormous consternation in the White House. Washington is now consumed by speculation about what the next shoe will be to drop. Here are a few of the questions that will determine what course special counsel Bob Mueller's investigation takes from here. Number one is the biggest question. What did Flynn give up in exchange for Mueller's leniency? Flynn was part of Trump's inner circle. He was even considered as a potential vice president. Mueller reportedly agreed to spare the disgraced ex-general's son and does not plan to prosecute Flynn for several additional charges that could have carried much stronger potential penalties than making a false statement. Trump insists he's not worried about anything what Flynn might say, but why did Flynn get such a good deal? Number two, has anyone else lied to the FBI? At least two dozen people who traveled in Trump's orbit in 2016 and 2017 on the campaign trail, in his transition operation, and then in the White House have been questioned in the past 10 weeks. A lot of these interviews lasted several hours. If he can show that anyone made false statements, Mueller would circle back to these people and have far more leverage over them. Number three, what did Jared Kushner tell Mueller's team about his Russia contacts? Trump's son-in-law has also been identified by people familiar with his role as the very senior member of the transition team who directed Flynn in December to reach out to Kislyak and lobby him about a United Nations resolution on Israeli settlements. Does this square with what he told Mueller's team when he sat down with them last month? Number four, how many other people on the Trump team knew about and or approved of Flynn's interactions with the Russians? Flynn has admitted that he spoke with another member of the transition team before he talked to Kislyak about U.S. sanctions on December 29th. That senior official is also not identified in court records, but people familiar with the matter tell The Post that it is K.T. McFarland, who is now Trump's nominee to be U.S. ambassador to Singapore. Number five. What did Trump himself know, and when did he know it? Number six, who else and what else is Mueller looking at that we may not know about yet? 
Another low-level campaign aide, foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos, earlier pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI. Mueller managed to keep his cooperation secret for months. Are there others who are playing ball right now that we don't know about? Number seven. Finally, how far will Trump and congressional Republicans go to block the ongoing Russia investigations? In a tweet storm on Sunday, Trump claimed that the FBI's reputation, quote, is in tatters. He retweeted one conservative pundit saying that Chris Wray, who Trump appointed to replace Comey after he fired him, needs to, quote, clean house. And he suggested that the investigation is prejudiced against him. Will he do anything to try blocking Mueller? And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar at the start of this new week. Number one, Trump is going all in to persuade Republican Senator Orrin Hatch of Utah to run for re-election because he is fearful about Mitt Romney getting his seat. Breitbart News executive Steve Bannon is also considering an endorsement of Hatch. Politico reports that Romney has been preparing to run for Hatch's seat on the assumption the 83-year-old would retire. Now Hatch is refusing to rule out another campaign, which is infuriating some in Romney's inner circle. Trump's behind-the-scenes campaign to sway Hatch will go public today. He'll be in Salt Lake City to hold an event to showcase his affection for the powerful chairman of the Senate Finance Committee. Number two, Senate Republicans passed their tax bill around 2 a.m. on Saturday. Now they have to reconcile the differences between their bill and the bill that passed the House before Trump can sign it into law. Both bills feature a decrease in the corporate tax rate from 35% to 20%, but the differences between them are worth hundreds of billions of dollars. For example, the Senate's bill preserves an alternative minimum tax floor on the very wealthy. That provision is eliminated in the House bill. Additionally, the House bill has only four individual tax brackets, and the top rate is unchanged at 39.6%. The Senate bill keeps seven brackets, but lowers the top rate to 38.5%. The negotiations are set to begin today as Congress faces a Friday deadline to pass separate spending legislation or face a government shutdown. Number three, a new book by Trump's former campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, and his deputy campaign manager, David Bossy, chronicles what it's like to work for Trump. The book is called Let Trump Be Trump. It highlights constant rivalries among staffers and advisors on the 2016 campaign, as well as the president's temper and his obsession with fast food. One of the most striking passages details how now White House Communications Director Hope Hicks was charged with steaming Trump's suit while he was wearing it during the campaign. Once, she forgot the steaming machine and Trump screamed at her. Lewandowski wrote of a time when he was the campaign manager and he was so ill that he fell asleep on a plane, only to be awakened by Trump saying, quote, Corey, if you can't take it, we'll get somebody else. In another episode, Lewandowski describes how staffer Sam Nunberg was purposefully left behind at a McDonald's because Nunberg's special order burger was taking too long to prepare. Leave him, Trump said. Let's go. And they did. When Lewandowski was ultimately fired as campaign manager, he says Trump left the task to his eldest son, Donald Trump Jr. The book is scheduled to be released tomorrow. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, December 4th. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.